Hello, this is Brian Williams, and welcome to the Greater Southington Business Podcast. Throughout my career as an investment advisor and working alongside entrepreneurs, nonprofit directors, and business leaders, I've heard some amazing stories. This podcast was created to tell the stories behind the local products and services you use every day. This podcast is designed to inform and inspire. On this episode, I'm here with Kara Robinson from Comprehensive Orthopedics. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Let's start off first with the current state of the company and what you're doing um, as far as marketing and, and growth right now. Perfect. So currently for uh, COMC, we do have four locations. We have eight physicians, three PAs, uh, six physical therapists, and a multiple um, uh physical therapy aides and assistants. Um, you know, in each location we do have physical therapy and in three of the locations we do have a walk-in urgent care center as well. Um, something that's very interesting with uh, Comprehensive is that we also have partnered with four other practices to create a managed service model group called NIAS, which is New England Orthopedic Services. So it was designed for independent um, orthopedic groups to maintain their independence, but help them provide long-term success for all members. So for that current state of NIOS, we have 16 offices and about 35 physicians. So we're serving um, multiple towns and cities within Connecticut. Okay, so how does that work? So does that mean your staff goes out to those locations or do they, do they have staff there? So they do have staff there. So it's basically, they're all independent practices working under this one umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, you know, comprehensive, they have their own staff, their own physicians, as well as the other practices have their own staff and their own physicians as well. Okay, so they're using you to kind of save some money as far as redundancies, or so I imagine payroll and, and things like of that. Of course, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll get into it a little later, but I can kind of explain what the managed services that we have together and what the practices can be using and not use. So it's kind of like a choice, you know? So it just helps them better serve their own communities Mm -hmm. and actually help them manage themselves within internally. Right, because I imagine each one of those practices has their own specialties and their own little little quirks yeah. so they don't want to be plugged into a box yeah. they still want to do their own thing of course and then you, you look at healthcare too and i know we're going to talk about that as well is that you know when you're a private practice you have that kind of relationship with your patients and you have that relationship within your physicians and internally and externally and when you start putting everything together and trying to merge it gets more difficult because you kind of lose that uniqueness. You kind of lose those specialties or why certain physicians start working together. So that's why I think NIAS is just going to be big. It's going to help improve patient care, but it's also going to help improve who we serve and what communities we serve as private practices, but being able to kind of use different, uh, I guess, capabilities that other practices may have and kind of intertwine those. Right. So it lets the doctors and staff really focus on the patients rather yes. than the business side yes, of it. Yes, exactly. Okay. So how did how did the company originally get started? Was it just one doctor or a few doctors? or? So Comprehensive was formed in 1999. Um, it was originally four separate practices that actually combined into one, and there's about seven physicians altogether. So basically, um, they had five separate offices. They kind of closed those and opened up two main offices mm-hmm. in Meriden and Wallingford. Um, this actually coincided with the construction of the new hospital mid-state around the time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting to see a new hospital be built, but have like an orthopedic group be built as well. Right. Um, 
So they figured that instead of having separate offices within a hospital or facility, that they would have one ortho office. So comprehensive orthopedics. Um, Roughly three years after that, so if we're going to speak in Southington terms, um, roughly three years after that, Bradley Hospital had reached out to those physicians and they were like, would you want to take call in the ER? And they're like, you know, well, we don't have an office in Southington. So they thought that if they were going to serve patients and be on call in the emergency room, why not open up an office in Southington? Okay. So that's kind of how the Southington office merged. That was the third office. When it came down to Cheshire, um, one of the physicians in his own practice was very present in Cheshire. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just used that and merged. Once they merged that, and you know what, we're going to keep that presence in Cheshire, but we're also going to offer our other physicians to serve those patients as well. Um, and the, another thing is that, you know, COMC was created not just for orthopedic surgeons, but for everything from physiatry to PAs to physical therapy. So they just didn't want to focus on orthopedic surgery, but they want to be able to provide a wide range of services for other people. So if someone just needed physical therapy or just wanted to maintain some care and like, you know, um, pain management, okay. at least we were able to provide that for them as well. Okay. And from that original group, did it grow quickly from there or did they kind of have to regroup a little bit? I think they regrouped a little bit, but um, actually right now we, three of our physicians are actually still a part of our practice that we're actually founders. Um, One of the physicians actually retired a little bit over a year ago. So I think it grew quickly. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, as physicians that serve and do the same type of, you know, I guess specialty or are interested in the same type of care, I think they were able to kind of merge, maintain, and just keep growing from there. So like I said, you know, within three years, Southington's reaching out to get them in a presence. And Mm -hmm. already being able to have your patient base in one location, they already knew about it. And Meriden and Wallingford, too, that was the same thing. They were already in those two communities. So it's just the matter of how can we form one and still be able to push out the care and see patients as we need. Okay. So there's a lot that has to come together there. You've obviously got the personalities that have to work, which (laughs) which is difficult. And you, I imagine you want to seek out different specialties and also locations too. So it's, if you have to grow at a measured pace and can't just randomly pick doctors to come into the group. Well, and that's good too. So currently with comprehensive, you, you take back to it, you know, we have a physician that focuses on hand and upper extremity. We have a physician that focuses on foot ankles on specialty, you know, spine is a big thing. We have a big spine care team, you know, with two PAs, two physicians that focus on that. We have a hip and knee doctor, we have shoulder, you know, sports medicine. So being able to kind of, I guess it's like a niche in each group, like, okay, we know that patients are going to be seen for this. You know, you, you look at orthopedics, it's the whole body. Right. So how can we find those doctors? And the really nice thing is, is that if a patient comes in and let's say it's a foot problem and they saw one of the physicians, they will, you know, seek out, you know, advice from the foot and ankle specialist mm. just because they understand that, you know what? Yes, I know orthopedics, but let me get that specialist involved because you know what? Let me, he's going to be able to help you. He's going to be able to take you where you are at in your current state and being able to push you to, you know, get better and obviously maintain your lifestyle that you want to do and get you back out on the field or running or, you know, doing your work that you're supposed to be doing. Right. And so much obviously with the body is is so related. So uh, (laughs) something that's causing an issue one, one place where it may really be because of 
an issue somewhere else. So yeah, exactly. Like you know, your shoulder aligns with your elbow and your hand, and then it can go down into your back. So yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting. I guess from a marketing standpoint, there's so much to be able to market and communicate because mm -hmm. you know people just think, oh, my elbow hurts. Right. But when you start seeing a specialist, you start realizing what the main issue is yeah. or what caused it. Right. So it's kind of interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the marketing. Okay. So so that's your background. And you don't necessarily think of that with a doctor's office or a doctor's group. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like your role is to more get the message out about what you do rather than just, just advertise the practice, right? Yeah. yeah. So from marketing, I actually kind of do a little bit of everything. So okay. from community outreach events to education seminars to, you know, digital efforts and print promo items, I actually kind of do it all. Okay. And um, what kind of sets me differently from, I guess, a lot of marketing and healthcare is that with comprehensive, I was actually a patient before I got the oh, job. Okay. So being able to be on one side of things and seeing, okay, what do I need to know about myself or what do I need to know about the care? or What do I need to know about orthopedics kind of is in my mind when I do the marketing mm -hmm. and going back to being a private practice, we want to showcase that, you know, we care about the community. You know, some of our physicians are sports team doctors. Sure. They're on the field, you know, they have kids that are playing soccer or they have people that they've seen that get hurt on the job. So they understand what it is and how to get how to get that person back to their lifestyle that they had before getting hurt. And I think that's where healthcare marketing comes into play is that we want to be able to put the message out there of what we do but kind of twist it in a way where it's like, we're here to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here to answer your questions, but we're also here to show you that we're not just behind a wall, that we're right. not just, okay, we're just a, you know, a healthcare practice, but it's, we care about you mm -hmm. and we want to show the support that we have. So it's, that's why we, tr at least me, I try to be out in the community more and connecting with those individuals because they may not be hurt now, mm -hmm. but once they put a face to the business or they learn a little bit of information sure. from a rack card, right they're going to put that in their head and they're going to be like, do you know what? Maybe I do know someone that's hurt or you know what? Over this orthopedic group or that orthopedic group, I met this person and I was able to see pictures of all the physicians. So let me go try it out, you know? Right. So it's different mm -hmm. everywhere you go. <laughs> right. What are some of the more recent marketing efforts that you've undertaken? So um, I we discussed earlier before we got on, but you know, um, being having a presence at golf tournaments, mm -hmm. you know, um, golf is a sport that you don't think about, but you do get hurt. You're sure. swinging motion. So being able to sponsor those events or support them in a sense that we're here, we're playing, you know, and having our logo there, it shows, okay, hey, you know, here we yeah. are marketing ourselves, but we're community. Social media is a huge thing that I've taken on from the previous person. Um, so previously, social media was a huge thing. You know, he tried to get the um, ball up and rolling, putting out more content, more frequently, you know, daily posts. So that's something that I've tried to take on. And we actually have local agencies that are working with us on that aspect. So, you know, national holidays, so like National Horseback Riding Day. Right. So using that as saying, okay, you know what? Researching and seeing horseback riding is physical therapy. So being able to promote content that is kind of aligned with what we serve, but being able to showcase, you know, the community events to different topics that maybe patients have questions mm -hmm. to, to live videos or even like an introduction to a new physician. Right. So digital, I would say, would be probably the number one thing that we're trying to focus on more currently with right. marketing. And that's a challenge because every patient is different. <laughs> and you wanna you wanna stay away from giving specific yes. advice because yes. if somebody takes the wrong advice, so you have to load it up with disclaimers and all that sort of stuff. Of but, course. Uh, and healthcare too, you know, 
or any industry, you don't want to sit here as a marketer and just push yourself like, oh, this is comprehensive, this is comprehensive, this is comprehensive. Because mm -hmm. then you're basically, you know, you're trying to sell yourself. And I think us as human beings and individuals, we're, we're smarter now because right. we see all these advertisements. Sure. We see Big Brother following us around. So if we're able to kind of, again, twist the content where it's like, okay, I have a runner. Okay, mm -hmm. what advice can I give to a runner and how to prevent injury? Or, you know, I have a, um, a weekend warrior or a gardener. You know, those are things that you have to think from content-wise is that it may not address everyone's issues or questions, but it's general uh, information that someone's going to look at and be like, Do you know what, you know, this is a great group. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I really like the information that they serve. Let me share it to my community right. because I know six or seven people that garden or, you know, my son's friends are all sports you know, athletes. So those are, that's where we're trying to tweak it and making sure that we're not selling ourselves so much, but we're selling the information and what we can do or help with. Mm, right, you're providing content and providing value without giving it all away. Yes, right? exactly. You're trying to attract people to come into the practice. So you've got some doctors who wanna do some videos and some that don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we have some people that are willing to, you know, be out on TV. So um, I don't know if you saw, but Dr. Ferguson, who is our foot and ankle specialist, he did a CT Live segment and he's gonna go on CT Live again okay. in August. So that's something that, you know, he's a newer physician in the practice. We're getting his name out there and we're doing that. But if we have a, we're not gonna force our doctors to, you know, go out and be on TV if right. they don't wanna do it, you know? It's again, you, you take individuals, you have to think of them as an individual there's different personalities. Sure. You can be an introvert or an extrovert. Mm -hmm. So if you're more of an introvert, you know, maybe there's some content that he could provide on a digital standpoint right. or a blog sure. or, okay, what's something about hand and wrist that you want to talk about or what's up and coming. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think it's interesting for me and it's kind of fun is because I get to work with so many different personalities right. and being able to find where they fit in from a marketing, public relations, communication standpoint. Yeah, well, that's interesting because there certainly is a lot of opportunities between all the different things that you, you talked about. It seems like there'd be a, a method to get somebody's word out there, uh, yes. no matter what their content is. Yeah, and look at what we have now, you know, all different platforms. Sure. And I'm sure you see in any different, like any industry from retail to, you know, food service. There's so many different places that they can try to, I guess, trial and error their marketing mm -hmm. efforts to see what actually works. Right. And do you have any sort of metrics to track the progress of that? I know it's probably difficult because there's so many different different avenues, but is there anything in place to simple, something as simple as tracking likes or views yeah. or? So right now, so one of the metrics I tried to start out with when I started back in um, October, so I've only been here for, um, coming up on a year soon, is that I wanted to see how many followers that we had gained through organic content that I've posted. Okay. And it's been sufficient, you know, like, Again, we, we don't we don't spend all these marketing dollars on, OK, how can we buy our followers or likes or pushing out paid advertisements. Right. But right now, what I'm trying to do is do things more organically, because if that's what's working, we can start developing content that maybe down the road, we're going to start putting marketing dollars behind behind a marketing campaign. Okay. So that's one metric that we have done. Um, when I first started, we actually developed a new website. So following the um, 
you know, comparison from quarter one this year to maybe quarter four last year with the old website, those were things that we kind of measured too is, okay, how many visits or how many unique um, clicks have we gotten into the website? So those are other metrics too. Um, later down the road, I would love to see how community events may in turn get us new appointments. Right. And I think with healthcare from a hospital standpoint, or even if it's a chiropractor or dentist, mm -hmm. I think that's something that we all can say is how we want to measure is, are our marketing efforts turning around and getting us new patients or are our marketing efforts giving us new appointments? Right. And I think that we all can kind of agree on that. It's just the way of how. You get a patient call in, they're in serious pain. They're not going to think about, hey, you know what? I saw you at the road race, you know, three months ago. Right. They're just calling in because in their subconscious, they know they've seen us or mm -hmm. they know or they had our information. But that's not the first thing they're going to say on the phone about, oh, you know, or maybe they went to their primary care after and mm -hmm. the primary care referred to them. So that's another way is to measure metrics is how can we market to our primary care doctors in order for them to refer to us? Got it. And as you know, there's many different marketing aspects. So you've got different touch points. So yeah. there's never one touch point. Nobody's no. going to see a video and yeah. then pick up the phone and yeah. call you. It's, I saw a video, I saw a post, I saw them in the community, they're at the golf tournament. Yeah. So it might just be that one particular thing that triggers them over the top to, to make the call. Exactly. How do you ch handle the multiple locations? Because I understand that, you know, with the changes in the healthcare, you sort of have to group together. Yeah. Um, for efficiency. So um, early on, that's something that they went with, with that model. Um, how have you been able to manage that as a group, the multiple locations? So, you know, the doctors of comprehensive, um, they rotate between the different offices okay. every week. Um, the staff assigned to each doctor, so like their medical assistants, x-ray techs, DME coordinators, they also rotate as well. So it's really nice to see is that, you know, from, an, from appointment scheduling, we're able to go in and see which doctors are at each location because we do get those calls where patients are like, okay, I wanna see Dr. Kobe, I wanna see Dr. Driscoll. And, you know, we tell the patient, you know, we have these openings available on these and these locations. So it's kind of, it gives them that option, I guess, but it also helps because again, serving the community. Mm -hmm. There are people that don't want to travel. Right. And we've noticed that, let's say for example, in Cheshire, you know, Cheshire, we're not open all the time or maybe open every other Friday of the month and it's kind of like a satellite location. So those patients who are in Cheshire that don't want to travel, we make sure that we get them that location. Um, something that's really good about Comprehensive is that for our staff, we do pay mileage um, to travel between those locations as in the same day. So, okay. you know, one morning we'll have a doctor here in Southington and then they'll be going to Meriden for the rest of the day. So we make sure that we reimburse our staff that's traveling in that sense too. So. Okay, so they rotate around, and that's interesting that the staff follows them, so they don't have to get accustomed to, yeah. you know, all the the intricacies of different doctors and all their quirkiness. So, and, and it's good too because patients patients recognize faces and voices, sure. and having a medical assistant with each doctor, it does it does rotate a little bit just mm -hmm. because you know vacation or if a doctor's out on vacation or if they need someone for check in. But usually, a patient that sees a doc is very well aware and know the medical assistant. So it's making sure that the patient feels comfortable because you have to think about it. Like I have a primary care that I've been seeing for years. When she retired, I stuck with that practice and saw the other primary care of the physician that was in that group because I was aware. Right. And I was aware of that office sure. staff. So being able to be a patient pre, post, during, you know, surgery, you have those faces and you're more comfortable asking those questions. So it's really nice to see 
those specific medical assistants with those doctors right and every and every other clinical staff you know they'll rotate in too so mm-hmm. it's like you get to see them you get to know them you know who is who and i think from um even office perspective that's something that helps us too if we have a question about a certain physician or you know seeing a certain case we can always ask that medical assistant right you know, they're able to help us because they know they work with that doctor sure. every day. So they know the doctor. Right. They know what the doctor wants. They know how the doctor answers the questions. So it's being able to have those go-to people, I guess you could say. Okay. And it's got to help a little bit with the enjoyment of the job and employee satisfaction that they can move around a little bit. They get some change of scenery. And yeah. if you're compensating on, on mileage, that's got to help a little bit too. Exactly. As you're growing, are you having any difficulties finding and recruiting staff or... So I think the only difficulty that we have discussed, and I think it's, you know, in the in the employee landscape with an unemployment rate so low, is that it can be difficult to find that staff just because, you know, everyone is maybe satisfied within their job. But we wouldn't kind of associate it with multiple locations because, like you said, when, you know, you're in an interview and you tell someone who may be hiring for a medical assistant, you're like, you know, we have four locations and you travel. That gives them scenery. You have to think. Yeah. Me marketing, my my scenery is going out to these community events. Sure. You know, being at a desk could be different, but then it also comes down to um, our patient services and appointment scheduling team. They rotate too. So someone who's working the front desk in Meriden one week, maybe we'll go to Wallingford. So it's like when we start hiring those candidates, you know, we like to tell them that because they're like, you know, that's kind of funny. Yeah. I get to see different patients, but I also get to work with different people and it's and it helps with, I guess, retainment is because you're exposing them to other employees and they're not just, you know, in one location. It's like they get to know everyone else. So they're building those relationships at the different locations. Okay. And would you consider the business in, in growth mode right now or are you trying to focus on the facilities that you have? So from a from comprehensive standpoint, we are looking to maintain the level of providers we have in order to serve the communities properly. So properly. So what I mean is that if we have a physician retire, we look to replace them. You know, we're not looking to add five, six, seven physicians into our group because right now we are very stable within the population that we see and the people we see. We're always open to seeing more patients, but the amount of physicians and PAs and providers that we have, we know that we can serve those patients as on top of more. Think about it. You know, we bring in two or three more physicians. It's like, okay, that's great. I'm sure we can get them patients, but it's at the same time, it's like, in the locations we're at, it's not like we're in the, these huge cities. It's not like we're in a, a different state, you know? We're, we're in Wallingford, Meriden, and Southington, which are very close-knit. So we'd rather provide them a close-knit group in order to give them 100% patient care. But if we're going to look at a NEOS perspective, like I had talked about earlier, is that our future plans for growth is providing larger opportunities for patient education and engaging those future patients. Okay. So from, you know, having the um, five practices and 16 offices, that gives us more of an opportunity to get out in the community, get those physicians out there and provide education to people that may have questions or specific mm-hmm. topics and being able to engage those patients that may have not heard of us right. or that may not think about us mm-hmm. and we're like hey you know we're here so that's one of the biggest things that we're trying to grow is just getting the information out there right and i think the education is an interesting point because you hear that in a lot of different professions the old model was if you want to talk to me schedule an appointment come in yes. and, I'll, and i'll bill you for an hour but I think more people are realizing that if you get out there and you provide some sort of education level, 
that an educated patient or an educated client is going to be a better client. They're going to come into the appointment a little more prepared and they're going to be able to save you time and have a more efficient appointment. And you look at it and from, you know, being a patient in any aspect from a dentist to primary care to even being orthopedic, sometimes you get into that office and you are so worried about what's going on with you that you forget to ask those questions, mm. you know, or you're too nervous or you, you know, you don't want to start this conversation or you, you know, you're just listening to the doctor. And then after the fact, these ideas may come up. Mm -hmm. So being able to, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say it's like, preventative care, but it, sure. it's like, you know, preventative education. Right. You get all those thoughts in at once, but then you also are, are in a room with other patients that may have 800 questions that you didn't even mm -hmm. think about. Right. You know, um, we just had a talk in Oakville for arthritis and it was um, just kind of like, keep yourself moving. And it was at the Oakville Senior Center. And the amount of engagement and questions that I heard from those people that attended was just amazing mm -hmm. is because you take this presentation and it could be a general topic, like I said, arthritis and, you know, the surgery or how does arthritis develop and, you know, what does the hospital do or how long does my, um, you know, from a hip replacement standpoint, how long does it take for me to cover? So you have all that information and then after the talk, they're asking questions. Okay, well, I have arthritis in my hands or, you know, is arthritis something that's that's genetic? You know, these types of questions start developing from a general like presentation. And then they're like, okay, the doctor is a person, you know, that's yeah. anything, any type of doctor. Sure. You think it's like, oh, I'm a doctor, but it's like, you know, sometimes you start connecting and they'll have a little quirk to them mm -hmm. or they have humor or, you right. know, they, they start getting more personal and they tell stories. And that's where people start relying on those types of experiences mm -hmm. in order to choose their care, as well as they rely on other people's experiences and what other people say in order to choose their care. Right. And it goes back to how can we improve patient care? And I think that big thing is, is showing the patients what they need to know that they may not know, but showing that we do care. You know, we care about patient care. Right, right, and and sharing those stories may trigger something with somebody, or even if it's just the, the terminology or being able to express themselves and be able to tell the doctor what sort of injury or what, what they're dealing with because yeah. because they heard somebody else mention the same thing. They say, oh, I have that too. So yeah, yeah so I could see where that could be helpful. Uh, so what are the future marketing plans that you'd like to do a little bit more of and how does that tie into the growth of the business? So future marketing plans, I, I do see, you know, from NIAS perspective, I do want to put that out there, you okay. know, like right now we are still in the early stages, but being able to provide, you know, to the location that we serve is that, you know, it's not, it's not just comprehensive orthopedics, you know, let's say you, you do prefer another location. It's being able to say, do you know what? Well, we have this practice that we work with that we partnered with. Why don't you see these doctors? Because we know them, you know, it's, be, it's going back to the patients. Like how can we market ourselves? in order to provide that patient with the most comfortability level they have. From my perspective, I want to get out in the community more. I want to be able to promote our doctors more. I think being able to take each physician and their specialty mm -hmm. and kind of create a marketing plan behind each of them is what's going to really showcase our practice, but also showcase all the other practices okay. as well. You know, you if you can take sports medicine and athletes, you can do a whole marketing plan for a year about sure. that. Think about it from fall sports to spring sports to people that do sports in the summer or, or you know, they just like they just like to play soccer, right. you know, with their friends. That could be a whole marketing plan in itself. 
But it also shows, you know, we can answer all questions. We help all athletes and this is and this is what we can do. Mm-hmm. It's marketing the physician. It's getting those medical assistants out there as well. It's getting the PTs out there. It's everything. You know, from a perspective of, you know, an example for like Apple Harvest or um, Celebrate Walling for two big events that are coming in October. I want to get not just me, but I want to be able to get the other employees and staff out there too, because it, I shouldn't just be the face. If someone's going to ask a question about why their knee hurts, I want to be able to get someone that has that experience and that background in medical or clinical that can sit down or take five minutes, be like, do you want, let me answer your questions. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then giving them the information on how they can make an appointment. What's the process of it and stuff like that. It's being able to take who we have and what they're good at and pushing it out to the to the community, to social media, mm-hmm. to anything else that we could try to market and promote. Okay. Aside from the digital stuff, how about the more traditional marketing? Yes. What what do you really enjoy? What do you like doing? What do I like doing? Honestly, if, if we're gonna talk about marketing, I actually like creating like print materials okay. and promo items. Um for example, you know, our physical therapy department is looking to, you know, we want to recreate some brochures mm-hmm. or recreate rack cards. Like that's interesting to me is because right now, again, coming back to how human interaction works and how individuals are, our patient, like our, our attention span is slim to none. Right. If we don't pick something up and it's interesting to us, we're going to put it down. If we don't have something that catches our eye, we're going to put it down. Mm-hmm. So obviously from healthcare standpoint, we both, we all know, you know, it's really not fun, interesting stuff, you know, like sure. sometimes we don't know what the terms are. Sometimes we don't know what's going on. What do we want to promote? So it's being able to grab that eye and being able to prevent to, um, I guess, present content as interesting in a print, in a brochure right. or a rack card, you know, being at an event too. You want someone to come up to the table and be like, oh, this looks good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having our physician's faces on the rack cards. Hey, you get patients that are like, well, I saw him 20 years ago, or he fixed my knee, or I was there for a walk-in and yeah. I saw this, you know, yeah. this position. It's, I really like that aspect because it's like, what can we do? Okay. And I know there's so many different local agencies and I've worked with some that are, you know, part of the chamber who've done our print materials, even our new signs that are in the window. Like, I think it's funny. It's yeah. that we had old signs that promoted our walk-in center, but now I drive down the street and I see our white our white signs with the bright red logo. And I'm like, that's what I enjoy because it catches the eye. What can Mm -hmm. I do from a print standpoint to catch my eye? And that's why I like connecting within the community is because people that do graphic design know what's best. Right. And now they can just help me. They're like, you give me the information, you help and you do that. So that's one of the things I like to do. Again, I love being out. I love the events. I do. So that's another thing. And um, I really do want to go back to email newsletters, I feel like. I think print is good when it comes down to direct mailing. I think that's good, especially for, I guess, some of our patients, you know, maybe in the older community and stuff like that, that still get mail, that read the paper. That's always still good. But when it comes down to, I guess, connecting and staying connected with our patients, I really do think e-newsletters and, you know, those blasts that go out, are what work. You know, yeah. I've seen it. You see it from a lot of different agencies, sure. whether it's a print agency, whether it's a vendor that we use, whether it's just, you know, whether it's one of our doctors that we see. I've seen these e-newsletters come out and they're very interesting because it doesn't have to be again right about you. Sure. It could be about a favorite recipe. It could mm-hmm. be about what's going on this season. It could be about, you know, the up and coming new technology or where we're going to be. Yeah. 
I think it's funny, you know, you know, where's the doc now? It, like some, I just think about all these yeah. things. My, my brain goes a mile a minute. I was like, what can we do to make it come forward? Right, and, and differentiate yourself from what everybody else is yes. doing, which is, which is difficult because there's a lot of content out there. Yes. Um, so going forward a, a few years, is there anything that you see regulation-wise or just changes in the healthcare industry that you think are going to have a, a major effect? Yeah, so I guess um, from healthcare perspective, um, you know, there's costly increase in government regulations. And speaking of NIAS, I'll kind of go into it. Um, you know, it was created as a service line organization for independent practice, practices to help with the growth and sustainability of those practices. So instead of getting absorbed and eaten up by, you know, these these higher entities, sure. we created this group in order to show that, you know, we can help you sustain your growth and, and your practice by providing certain services. So, you know, with the groups working together, we're going to imp improve patient access and services. Um, increased coordination of care and compliance goes along with those government and insurance carrier rules. And just um, if you take a smaller office, so for example, if you take a smaller office, they may not have the money or the employee, I guess, base to provide certain things. Mm -hmm. So being able to give them access to bigger groups, um, you know, within that within the organization NIAS, their capabilities of having access to bigger um, services like centralized billing, maintaining electronic re uh, records, vendor relations, marketing even, it's giving them those opportunities to take on things that they may not have taken on or may be kind of behind in years on mm -hmm. and kind of relying on them, you know, the bigger organizations to do that and kind of, okay, what can we combine as a organization while they can still maintain their independence? So I think from a healthcare standpoint, I think this is where it's going to kind of differentiate all the practices because they're still getting what they need and they're still they're still a private practice again they're not they're not getting um eaten up by an entity saying okay we're going to buy out your practice but now you're part of us right we don't want that because going back to the patient is when a patient can see that they're actually attended to and they're cared about mm -hmm. i think that goes a long way and being a private practice we're able to do a little bit more i feel like than having okay, here's a list of rules, here's a list of regulations, this is what we have to do, this is what we have to abide by. And like you said earlier, it comes down to being a company or corporate rather than looking at the patient. Right. We, want to, we want to kind of keep that patient attention and patient care and the patient comes first rather than being eaten up by a corporate of things. Sure, sure. And I think patients appreciate that too, especially if they're used to having a, a very local, very independent yeah. presence. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, that's one, you have to think about it too. It's like, let's say five years from now, Comprehensive, like they changed their name, they got bought out, they do this. The patients, like, you know, we've seen people that come in with their daughters and their grandkids, you know, sure. because we've been around for 25 years. And some of our physicians are like, yeah, I've seen their mother. Or I've seen, you know, I've seen their uncle. The, that family and that family oriented aspect that we have and like, hey, you know, we are friends. We are, we do know you. We, we've seen you at the soccer sure. games. I think that would kind of shock people. But I also think any anywhere, you know, in any type of industry, when you see someone get bought out or there's a merging or, you know, there's a lot of um, organizational changes going on, it makes the patient feel a little unsettled. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's in the news, you know, it's, it's not new, you know, when they start releasing these press releases or this is what's going on, the patient's like, okay, well, what's going to happen with me? Sure. That's the first question. Yeah. 
And we want to be able to answer that question in the future without them worrying about, you know, you're going to be put on the back burner. Right. So that's why I think, you know, for healthcare standpoint, especially with changes that happen every year mm -hmm. and, you know, new rules that come in, I think if we, you know, create, we have NEOS and we start building that and, and, and we have that power, I think it's going to maintain its sustainability, but also it's going to help with patient care and service in the long run. Okay. And it sounds like on the NIAS side, a patient wouldn't even really know if that, if their group became yes. affiliated with you. Exactly. And the only reason why, like the only way they'll know is like, if you go on comprehensive website, website, it'll say a proud member of NIAS, you know? And again, if we start marketing NIAS as a whole, again, let's say we're at a community event, Comprehensive is still going to have the comprehensive stuff there. You know, it's going to be comprehensive sure. or any other practice. It's going to be, you know, I do marketing for Middlesex Orthopedics too. So it's going to be Middlesex Orthopedics. So, you mm -hmm. know, Middlesex Orthopedics is part of NEOS. So those are things that happen. It's that it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a invisible umbrella. Right. It's there, you know, and, and once we start expressing it, people are going to know, but all, all that the patient needs to know is that, they are here, they have their doctor, they're gonna get taken care of and they're gonna heal. Okay. And that's how we kind of wanna put it out there as. Okay. All right, last question. If okay. you had unlimited time, unlimited budget, what would you love to do from a marketing perspective? Oh, geez. Unlimited time and unlimited, and unlimited budget. I'll probably, I'll probably get yelled at for this now. I'm just <laughs> My thing, so I'm all about learning more and, and what I can do and what's up and coming. If I can take my staff or if I can take the employees that are interested in marketing and being able to go out there and go to these healthcare seminars or taking the docs away from their patients, which mm -hmm. I'll never do. Right. But you know, if, if there was unlimited time and we were able to do it, I would love to just being able to educate my in internal staff and going to these large conferences and healthcare marketing and doing a lot of these things and showing them like, this actually works. Sure. You know, instead of, you know, here's my limited budget or here, this is what we're going to do locally and stuff like that. I'd rather look at it at a national level and say, hey, listen, we may not be a 25 position practice or we may not be like it is down south where like there's one group that takes on the whole state. But what we can learn from them is some of their mar our marketing initiatives mm -hmm. that they do. So if I had all the money in the world, I would love to just educate everyone that I work with and who I market for and say, listen, let's learn. Let's keep learning. I want to learn. What can we trial and error and see if it works? So that, that, would, that would be something I would do is just keep going around and educating myself and others in okay. conferences. Good. That's a good idea. <laughs> that works. Um, so let's run through your locations one last time okay. and then talk about how they can, uh, potential patients can find you on social yeah. media and the website. Of course. We, we are in Wallingford. Um, it's 863 North Main Street Extension, Suite 200. It's actually in the Stop and Shop Plaza. It's our Hartford Healthcare building. Okay. Southington here, it's 98 Main Street, Suite 201. Um, Southington, obviously. Um, we're actually above Flair, so you'll see the big Flair sign in the brick building. Um, Meriden, we're actually in the hospital, um, 455 Lewis Ave, um, Suite 101. We actually have our own entrance um, in, in the hospital, so you'll see it. We have a little sign. And then Cheshire, which is another satellite location, but that's uh, 680 South Main Street. And if you're at the high school, you can kind of see it on, it's kind of on a diagonal. It's the pale yellow uh, Hartford Healthcare building. Okay. All right. And Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those spots? Yeah. So we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, you can search COMC LLC. Um, and we will pop up. Um, 
the thing about Facebook is you want to follow the Wallingford location because that's where all our content's being pushed out. Okay. But we are going to, you know, we're trying to merge all of our pages. So that's up and coming. So that's a big marketing thing that we've okay. been trying to do. Um, same thing with Twitter, C-O-M-C-L-L-C and with Instagram. And if you're looking for any more information, you can go to our website, which is www.comllc.com. And if you want to give us a call or ask questions, it's 203-265-3280. Okay, sounds good. Anything else you think we missed? No, I think we're good. I, you know, I probably pushed out a lot of information, no, but good. you know, I enjoyed this, and you know, we're we're here, and we're here to answer questions and just you know have fun with it too. All right, sounds good, Kara. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.